Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Duval. And I'm Rob Fanouf. We're back again. It's been a while, Jeremy. Yeah, you know, life gets busy, you gotta do your stuff, but I'm excited to be back on the show. It's been a fair bit. So what have you been up to lately? So we had the Rose City Rumble a couple weekends ago. I don't believe we've had a chance to talk about that yet on the air. That was Dan Wright's tournament in Portland. Portland kind of has two major tournaments each year. They have the Rose City Rumble, um, which we just got back from, which is kind of your standard competitive, you know, cock pack nothing crazy you know you play blackjack uh, is what they use this year but you play cock scenarios you know nothing funky that's run by dan wright and then dustin church does an event in november called the wildwood brawl and that's more of your narrative custom scenario a little bit more fluffy narrative wise and i think that's kind of a cool thing robin in a, a, a region that you're growing to have sort of one competitive styled event and then one fun fluffy narrative event so no matter what you're into you could go to either or you know so give it they have options so uh the event was pretty fun it's held at guardian the rose city rumble that we just got back from has held at guardian games in portland which is a massive gaming store and their main gaming room area is 21 or over because they sell alcohol. And it was like Cider Appreciation Week or Cider Festival. So, And I've discovered that I like cider. So I had a bunch of cider. Um, I had some great games. I ended up going three and two. Uh, I got to play Dan Miner, which is awesome. Uh, you know, you can't, I was able to win that game, but a tournament where you get to play Dan Miner is pretty great. And then I played, who else did I get to play who I hadn't played? I got to play Tony Zmuda. Trident Realms. Trident Realms. And he's one of their top players. Our game was super, super, super close. It came down to, I had on a regiment of Nyad heart pitchers that had maybe three or four damage. I had a zombie regiment in the front and a zombie regiment in the flank. So 45 attacks on fives, and if I killed that unit, I could have raised the token that they were on, and then it would have ended up either being a draw or a slight win to me. And I just couldn't kill it. Um, Hector stood up to an an unhindered charge by Blessing of Sharpness Soul Reaver Cav. He was just like, forget about it. Um, That guy's a boss. I, I know he has defense six and ensnare, but I always forget that he has phalanx too. So I've learned the lesson this time. But Tony's a solid player. When you play players of that caliber, you know, it comes down to those small little uh, dice rolls. Some great games. Um, We went out, had uh, so much food. I ate all, like I joked when I got back, I was like, I ate all the food in Portland. So that Saturday night, we went to Gustav's, that is like a German restaurant. So lots of sausages and um, schnitzel and all that sort of what you would, the German fare. And then on the Sunday night, we went to Fire on the Mountain, which is a wings slash sort of, um, you know, wings pub pub type grub. And I had a deep fried Oreo, which I never had before. 
which was pretty great. And um, we did a lot of talk at that dinner, Rob, about Cruise Hammer 2020. Tales, what do we know? Uh, well, it's, it's going to be a Caribbean. And for those of you who don't know Cruise Hammer, we've had Dan on the show, talked about it before. Basically, it's a spouse, family-friendly tour uh, cruise where – in between the destinations while you're at sea there's a bunch of gaming stuff going on and then when you're at sea you can go and do the excursions or do or when you're at port you do the excursions and everything so essentially it's while you're at sea there's a bunch of gaming stuff going on so i don't know so i so the next one it's every other year so the next one is august 2020 so i'm seriously thinking of i've never been on a cruise and i have a special lady friend now to bring with me on the cruise so She's never been on a cruise either, so we're really seriously thinking about maybe doing Cruise Hammer next year, um, which would be a total blast. So we had that, and then um, this is going to be coming out this next weekend. Coming up really shortly, we have the Riddle of Steel GT, which is held uh, run by um, Rashad, uh, the Master of Cheese, and held at Scott Holcomb's house in Laguna Hills in SoCal. Uh, this is the yearly tournament that's uh, Scott holds his palatial Laguna Hills estate. He's an architect. He's got a really nice place. I mean, he can fit like 15, 17 tables, something like that, a, a large amount. And this is a really unique event, Rob, in that Scott really just opens his house to the community. People stay there. He supplies all of the food. He supplies all of the beer. He lets people stay at his house. If you drive more than 100 miles to get there, your, the tournament is free. They, ref, they, they The house pays for your tournament entry fee if you, if you travel more than 100 miles. It's going to be a West Coast qualifying event. The West is way, way more competitive this year. We will have a full team trying to get those mandatory three qualifying scores to make the first cut. People are really excited to get those in. So there's going to be a good amount of people. I was on the fence on whether or not I was going to be able to go because as some of you know, I've started, I'm, I'm in the process of switching from uh, a new job at the county in which I work. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get the Friday off. But what I think I'm going to do is I'm just going to sneak out a little bit early, three o'clock on Friday. The drive to LA is about six hours, maybe a little longer with traffic. So I'm just going to get off work drive straight through, get there late Friday night. They're going to have a beer ready for me. I mean, Jeff Swan's flying in. Um, a bunch of people are coming in, and then I'm just going to drive home Sunday afternoon when the tournament's up. So it's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, but it, it's a really fun event. Uh, they had some really awesome, like, since it's the Riddle of Steel, it's Conan-themed. So they had, like, a, all these great, uh, they came up with some really fun scenarios last year. Um, and I hadn't seen, I haven't seen the SoCal guys in a while. I haven't seen Rashad had an Achilles tendon injury, which stopped him from flying. Yeah. So I'm going to be excited to see all those guys down South. So I've been kind of thinking about what I'm going to do for that, whether or not I'm going to take a full undead list, or I'm going to take my undead Vaseline hybrid list that I've been working on. Um, you know, sort of what I've been doing is I've been painting up the Vaselines, which is still happening. I'm finally doing a massive, um, I've been talking about this for a little bit, hobby area cleanup, so I can get back to painting on a regular schedule. Definitely, I have found that if your hobby space is not clean and organized, you just won't paint. Mm -hmm. You know, really got to have a space set up so you can just sit down and, and in five minutes painting. If you need 15, 20 minutes to clean up the space to start painting, it's just, I find I just not, I'm not going to get anything done. What about you? What have you been up to? Back for Mountaineer was a great time. You will hear in the future a couple episodes of content that we recorded live at the event. It was it was a great event. It was fun. In terms of hobby, I've really just been uh, 
working on some terrain. I'm, I'm trying to work on some terrain that's more functional and playable and less about the aesthetics. So rather than like this crazy, complicated, time-consuming terrain, more simple stuff that's easy to store. It plays well. Um, and so I've, I've uh, knocked that out and uh, I'm going to put it through its paces once our new game store opens up here this month. Uh, that would be War Room Hobbies. You know, once I see how it plays, I'll, I'll probably adjust it a little bit. It's quarter-inch MDF for everything. On top of that, I'm using uh, like fine-grit walnut shells that they use for sandblasting instead of sand. And it's really cool because the the walnut shells is a little bit... Uh, it's, it's a bigger particle than sand. And so it gives you... After you lay the glue down, you still have a lot of texture there that really grabs the dry brushing really well. So uh, I like what I've seen so far but like i said i've actually got to get people to play it and give me some feedback as to uh the size and the shape and and uh i've got an elf army that's basically all built but i don't have all the bases <laughs> and so i'm waiting for bases to show up too so like my my whole gaming table is covered in models that are ranked up the way that they should be based but i'm waiting for the bases to show up so it's uh i i i i hate when you have a project and you don't have the thing you need to keep the project going because you kind of lose, you kind of lose momentum. You know, momentum is so key when you get, and that's kind of like what I found with everything that's been going on with my job and uh, my personal life and everything is I've lost some sort of hobby momentum. So I'm just trying just to get that like ball rolling and usually like a good hobby cleanup Mm -hmm. is like a good way to get that initial momentum going, you know, and, and I brought up, the Basileans to Rose City Rumble, and I got a lot of great feedback as far as uh, people liked how they were coming along, you know, so that's always nice to hear. And seeing them on the tabletop with my undead, I can really see like the difference in quality, which is what I was going for. So, you know, after you go to an event like that, you're always re motivated to try to, you know, hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Rob and I, we thought with the uh, do, 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 like the bombshell that was just dropped recently of a third edition is on the horizon. Uh, it's coming soon. Um, that we would kind of just get together, share some of our thoughts, you know, and these thoughts are in no way linked to anything we may or may not have heard coming out of the rumor mill. No inside baseball here. These are just things that we'd like no to see baseball. or things that we're speculating we will see. So when we're done rambling about third edition, we've got some uh, recordings with other players about their thoughts on third edition. Uh, what is interesting is those recordings were done before we even knew third edition was coming. Take that with a grain of salt as well. But let's just touch on a press release that came out by Manta Games about what we do know. You know, they're going to be releasing a 380 page rule book. It's going to come out in October of 2019. So just not far from now. And uh, in in inside the world of Panathor, which I like Panathor. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it was a good idea to kind of give the world another name. And then I guess Mantica is the sort of the part of that world that we're, we're familiar with. So it's not like a total retcon, but it is adding a great, a more grandeur scope to the world. Absolutely. So inside the 380-page book, you know, you'll find some extra lore on the world of Panathor. You'll find 14 faction lists and then obviously refresh rules. And in addition to the main rulebook, they will also be releasing a, another kind of Uncharted Empires type book with additional army lists to bring the total number of armies to 26, which let's just start there. That, that's the biggest surprise to me because I thought we were going to see consolidation. And I there's still the potential we'll see some consolidation. We only have like 21 armies now. And now we're going to 26. Calculation on the internet is rampant right now. Yeah, because when you hear factions, right, we don't know what does that mean. You know, does that mean special units that you can ally in with other sub-factions? Is it full-fledged factions? You know, we don't know, but it is interesting in that 
sort of the company line has been sort of officially, unofficially expect less. They've been hinting at Brotherhood, obviously through their fluff and comments that have been made. We, we figured Brotherhood would be rolled into something else. To be fair, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, they, they specifically call it Northern Alliance. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. What, what are these 26 armies? You know, it's going to be interesting what new we're going to see. You know, we may some stuff. It makes sense that, you know, maybe there's some stuff that get combined or maybe some units that are can be chosen by multiple places will get put into one list. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen as far as the uh, particulars, you know, of how it's going to work. But I guess one thing I'm curious to see uh, uh, in as we, when we talk about that many factions is I when we talk about wish list, Rob, I'm hoping to see a continued sort of effort to add in reasons to take flavorful armies. Right. Theme. Themed armies, you know, where uh, there is a reason uh, both in modeling and outside of modeling that you may want to run a certain type of, you know, themed army. Not that you have to run it, but, you know, giving people the opportunity to sort of be creative in how they build how they build armies. One more point about the number of armies. I think it's interesting is that there's actually 11 armies in the second edition main rule book. So I expect those 11 armies will be in the third edition book. So the other three, my prediction, uh, we, we talked a little bit offline about this, Trident Realms, Night Stalkers, and Empire Dust, because they make models for those armies. I think that's smart. And then, you know, you would think, well, why isn't Northern Alliance in there too? Maybe they want Northern Alliance to be sort of like a, the, the key mark army in their second book yeah. that's coming out with the extra factions. The, the, the core factions will be the ones that Mantic has the best model support for, which to me makes complete sense, right? The 11 armies they already have in the second edition book, those are all armies they have loads of models for. I, I would expect those to continue to get the love. Um, and, and hopefully, maybe we'll see Dracon Riders at some point. Yeah, because in the end, I think it makes sense that, you know, you've hear, you know, and this has sort of been some of the hot button, which was, you know, Uncharted Empires was so smart because it got to let people play with other armies and they got to play in Kings of War and all that was true and great three years ago or, or or even four years ago yeah you got to play a whole edition with not having to to, uh, to use whatever models you want and still and should you still be able to use every models that you want yes you know to some extent but on the other hand too is that you know i just come back to you know we we need to try to support mantic in whatever way we can whether it's whether it's you know, have your one Mantic army. I think for someone who has a lot of armies who loves all sorts of different miniature reigns, I think that's a good compromise, right, Rob? Mm -hmm. Is you, you build your Kingdoms of Half Man, or I'm building my all Raging Heroes female Basilean army, like a boutique army, but then still have in your repertoire, like my Undead's almost all Mantic, right. you know, have a Mantic army in your uh collection of armies yeah especially if you want to win the trip right you want to go to dipticon next year and win the trip over to england well then it's probably it would behoove you to have a mantic army ready to go yeah and their models are getting better and better and i think you see more and more people doing awesome stuff with mantic miniatures so you know i think we've hit the uh like the boiling point or whatever you want to say the uh, catalyst for being able to make nice army projects with quality mantic models right so um yeah, and it doesn't mean you have to build everything from them, but just like if you're really into wargaming and you have multiple armies, just have one Mantic, you know, have one Mantic project. Well, let's get into what are we thinking about 3rd edition? Uh, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I thought maybe we'd, we'd uh, touch base on first just some sort of uh, rules areas 
Like in general, my kind of overarching thinking is not a complete makeover. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of like tightening. It's like Clash of Kings turned to 11. Yes. Like you like the Clash of Kings is okay, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the gym for a couple weeks and maybe like start getting back in shape. I'm thinking of this as like a nice 6-month fitness challenge where we're tightening everything up, we're cutting the carbs, you know, we're getting in shape. We're, we're, we're going to have, we're going to ha- you're going to still look the same, but you're going to look even better. Best thing that they're going to do is they're going to take all the Clash of Kings band-aids that they've applied in the last three Clash of Kings and put them in the rules. So things like yes. losing fly when you're disordered, you know, losing nimble when you're disordered by phalanx or ensnare units, those kind of things are going to just be in the rules because sometimes it's a little confusing. And I think they're going to take all those little bits and pieces that are in cock or in uh, the fac or... You know, take all those elements that have been used to tighten up or balance the game, but whose accessing of those can be confusing sometimes when you don't remember. Is it in the fact? Is it in the Clash of Kings? Just reintegrating those into the core rules is going to be a great step in refreshing, refreshing and tightening the game. I harken back to when we played Warhammer. You know, Warhammer, every new edition, it seemed like they were trying to hit a home run. And so they were swinging for the fences and we would almost get a completely new game. What I hope and I'm sure this is going to be the case, Mantic is going to do, is they're just going going to get a single. They're just going to get on base. And it'll be more of the same. They're not going to change the core of what makes Kings of War great. I think they're just going to fix a few things in general, you know, and tighten things up. Obviously, balance the points, because that's, you know, they've said all along they don't want to use Clash of Kings to balance the points. Um, And so this is their opportunity to repoint everything. That's my hope. I think they'll be very conservative in terms of that. So that's kind of like one thing, right? Is what are all the changes from like all the version 2.5? You know what I mean? All that stuff being worked in. And then I think beyond that, when you start thinking about, okay, well, what's going to be done that's new? I think I would like to see a refresh or a redone for how terrain and cover works. And I think you're hitting on the head. I think the first thing they got to do is obviously they got to fix the heights, right? Because, you know, I think height zero units and stuff were an afterthought. <laughs> and so I think you're going to see an adjustment of all the heights. And the difference between flat height zero flat terrain, height zero difficult terrain. What terrain do you have to have 50% on? What terrain do you need to have your leader point in? You know, what terrain gives you cover? What terrain doesn't give you cover? What has strider? What, you know, I, th- I think just sort of looking at the terrain, not taking it back to formula, but giving a nice clean sort of reorganization and re uh, representation of how the terrain system works absolutely and i think they'll probably also this is just my speculation here but it wouldn't surprise me if they actually have how much terrain to put on a table kind of instruction uh yeah you know like x amount of pieces this big uh laid out in a certain way or or maybe they take a step further and actually provide some kind of systematic way to to actually apply the terrain i'm not sure maybe some sample map packs right like introducing right. the concept of and for those who don't know they're basically preset uh deployments for terrain so you can just download the pack and build your table based off that yeah but so i think i wouldn't be surprised to see um uh, a terrain kind of refresh coat of paint sanded down tightened up as far as when we're thinking about core rules i'm curious to see there's been so much debate over the double ones right if we are we going to see that change if are we going to see that what's your opinion on it i think it should stay there i think uh, we roll dice for a reason go yep. play chess if you don't want to roll right. dice yep you got to have some um, random element 
if the game was completely deterministic, it would take some of the fun. Well, I think it would remove all the fun. But, you know, uh, there's been a lot of fan speculation. I think that... You know, maybe there is a middle ground. You know, I think one that you've heard of somewhere is if the unit has more damage on it than it has nerve and you roll double ones, it performs at some sort of reduced strength. You know, because that is pretty crazy when uh, you have the whole game go down to one double runs. I, I still like it as a part of the game, but maybe there's some sort of middle ground into depending on how badly damaged the unit is. Uh, when you roll double ones on them, they can only do, they can still act, but maybe not at full strength. You know, speculating here, they might do something with waiver. Because, you know, think about it, waiver really doesn't do much other than just the unit is now in the way. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like, if you're wavered, maybe you're actually, maybe it's not called waiver anymore. It's like half strength or something. And you have some limited amount of attacks or you can do something other than just stand there. Yeah. Waiver right now is, it's it's not interesting as in, in, you know, in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm curious to see kind of, as we talk about waiver, insane, I don't even forget what it's called, but double ones. I'm curious to see if we get a refresh or a reframing of the bounce back rule. I think there's three contentious areas. One of them is terrain, right? Am I on the hill? I'm not on the hill. Am I in cover? I'm the second one is the bounce back rule, right? I think they need to clean that up um, because if you go geographically around the country, different people in different pockets play it slightly different. And I just think it's an opportunity. They just need to, I, I, I think on paper it's common sense, but you know, gamers have a hard time with common sense sometimes. So they just need to make it concrete, black and white. This is the rule. And, and make it make it clean so everyone plays it the same way. I just think there's a lot of bad habits from other game systems where you're reading into the minutia of where is the comma in the sentence and what does that mean? When I think that Kings of War, it's like they say, you know, oh, just do what makes sense. But that sometimes is a lot to ask when you have different gamers. So there is a lot of like, like you said, Rob, and being people who travel around, we see it all the time in different regions where the bounce back rules treated differently in different areas. So I think that is one area that can be kind of cleaned up and rework along with terrain is sort of how to, how does the bounce back. And the third one for me is, is the individual rule, right? Cause that's another one that's it's 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 a point of contention, right? We've had discussions about the whole I can charge the individual behind another unit if I can see him and I can fly over. Uh, we've had the issue where uh, individuals are turning into difficult terrain. Like they start the turn, they can't see you to charge or even better, they're not even in distance. But by turning on a cav base, for example, now they're in range. So I, there's some there's some interesting, I, I think the individual rule just needs to be looked at. And clean up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I mean, I think a lot of people, that's one thing that people just assume with a free facing and two pivots that an individual can do whatever it wants. And in most cases, that's yes, but not in all cases. And that's a good point, too, I should bring up. You know, when you have a cav base, you get a free pivot. You can't end your pivot on something else. So, like, there's limits to what you can actually do with that individual. And they, and a lot of times people just go, well, I'm here. I'm just going to move there. I got, I got you know, two free pivots. You do, but you got to clear. I guess it's just taken for granted. And I think they just need to restate the individual rules a little bit. Another thing that I'd love to see is just separate nibble from fly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... Fly is already good, but by giving them nimble now, it's it's even better. Yeah, this is going to be a good opportunity for them to reweigh, rebalance, and recodify special rules. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point of special rules that are combination of other rules. Maybe they separate all those rules out, which then gives them more balancing tools. Right, exactly. 
Exactly. Because right now, individuals have Nimble, but maybe they don't in the future. You know, I mean, whatever more more uh, tools that, that they have to use to balance armies, I think, it, you know, is better. Um, you know, I'm curious to see sort of, I think, unit strength that was added in in a cock pack became such a pivotal aspect of scenario play. I'm curious to see how, how is unit strength going to evolve. Um, that's going to be a thing to wa- watch as in unit strength is now going to be part of the base game. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's going to be different deployment zones. Yeah. Are they going to do that? I mean, are we going to look at, uh, you know, similar scenarios? How's unit strength going to work? How is terrain? How is the double ones? I mean, as far as the actual gameplay elements of that, I think people are pretty okay with most I mean, those seem to be the contentious things. And then there's like, well, fly and nimble are awful or whatever, you know. But I think they've tried to balance that out. Just in general, I think with special rules, they just need to make rules special, right? My, one of my pet peeves is they give out crushing strength like like candy. So they probably just need to be a little bit more reserved. Like, is an orc the same strength as a, is an ogre? Because in the game, they are. I, I don't know if that actually makes sense. They just got to go back and maybe pull pull back on those special rules and and. What are they given to the the various units? And if sure. somebody has fury, it should be special. If they have crushing strength, it should be special. And also, too, Rob, I'm curious is to see if we see a change in philosophy about aspects of gameplay, like how important it is emphasis is going to be on melee combat. Are we going to see any fundamental redesigns to how shooting works? Because that's another sort of elephant quote in the end quote in the room is shooting armies and i know they're not super fun to get i personally don't think they're they're that overpowered in that when you look at what wins it's not shooting armies winning every single tournament but i get the fact that sometimes they're not as engaging to play so maybe they look at a ways because i would hate to see shooting removed from the game because i don't like taking options of how you can play away but maybe they find a way to make it not unengaging. I don't know. I just think shooting punishes people who've never played shooting. And then once you kind of figure it out, it's not as bad. And when you look at what tournaments consistently win events, it's not always shooting armies. So I would hate to see it go away. I think they'll figure out a way so that shooting is not the obvious answer for some armies. Mm-hmm. And I think you know they'll they will reward balanced armies more, I think. However they do that, right? There's a million different ways to do that. You know, I'm curious to see if they if they change up some of how you so, you make armies maybe. And instead of being based solely on regiment horde troops, maybe it's the type of unit. You know what though? I, I really I really hope they don't. Uh-huh. But I mean, I, I hope they don't like go to like other systems that have like lords and heroes and core. And I mean, I hope they keep the basic structure the same. Like if they just made all shooting a regular. Maybe you make shooting units have less unit strength. You know, I mean, there's, there's lots of things. There's lots of things you can do. I think when you're when you're able to go from the beat, from the ground floor and how you're going to balance things is that you can explore. And I know that they have a lot of great minds playtesting right now for third edition. So very sort of balanced perspectives on on trying to make a, a, a balanced game. Yeah. So I'm curious just to see how are those sort of 
design philosophies of what sort of gameplay, how is that going to then manifest itself in the army list, which before, Rob, you had the core armies, and then they had the Uncharted Empires armies later. Now all the armies in the game, they're all being playtested together. So I'm. Uh, it should be interesting to see you know, what's going to kind of cut a huge, a lot of stuff to playtest, but it should be really interesting to see a sort of a holistic look at all the armies in the game sort of coming out within a month of each other just to kind of recap i I really just think they're gonna they're gonna clean up some of the edge cases like like we mentioned terrain individuals and the bounce back rule i think they'll hopefully make special rules special again and you know obviously then put all the clash of king band-aids that they've deployed the last three years put those into the main rules and then the biggest thing obviously is is to balance the points right they have not they've said that all along we don't want to invalidate any armies well it's a new edition. Here comes the the point hammer, if you will. I mean, it's they're going to really go through and they're going to point things the way they're supposed to be pointed. Uh, because I think if your only tool in the Clash of Kings book is to make things better, if they're if they're overcosted, right, or if they're undercosted to make them worse, you know, now you can actually have this thing where you can just change the points. And I guess the only thing I would like, I've always kind of been a pro- proponent of. I love the balance in Kings of War, but I've always felt there was a room for just the little little bit more army specific or sort of alignment specific and they've done that with some spells and stuff like that i don't want to see it go crazy where there's like you know 17 11 000 different schools of magic for one army you know what i mean that's ridiculous but i would still like to see armies have their 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 kind of unique flavor elements in each army be it like a magic item or a spell or whatever so i'm hoping that you know uh, that's an element from the cock packs that gets transferred over is trying to add, you know, continue to add a little bit of flavor to the different armies. Curious part of me says, well, what are these extra armies? If you're going to 26 armies, obviously Northern Alliance is one of them. What are some of these other ones? Yeah. I mean, it's really like fascinating on if the, maybe they'll add, I don't know, you know, you, maybe you'll have different, another sort of sub faction of armies that we've already seen. Yeah. Maybe they split off the halflings from Rotary and in their, their own faction now. Maybe. Or maybe we see like ice elves, you know, the elves that are in Northern Alliance. Maybe they have like a sub sub army you can do or, you know, I heard someone on Facebook was talking about maybe we see like Imperial Dwarves versus Free Dwarves. And maybe like the Imperial Dwarves get a unit that, you know, the Free Dwarves don't get, you know, or maybe there's just some small changes like that that add you to play, you know, the army as a separate thematic faction by taking that one specialty unit. The one area we didn't really touch on, and which is the most content, maybe the most contentious to me is, is allies. What do you think they're going to do with allies? I would be hard pressed to say that they remove them in that it's always been such a key thing. I think they'll just, again, go on to the, you know, run the event that you want. And if you don't want to have allies, don't have them. Or maybe if they're doing sort of thematic builds, maybe you can't have allies to have that thematic build. I think allies will be still in the game. Yeah. You know, maybe they change. One of the things we talked about at Mountaineer was, you know, there's there's so many available allies to each army because there's so many evil and so many neutral armies you know, some of those armies, you know, have 15 dance partners. And so maybe they tighten that belt a little bit to like, here's like a matrix that says you can only ally with these guys. Or maybe there's, you know, I know they already took away magical artifacts, but maybe they make allies more expensive or, you know, something just to, just to give it a little bit more, a little bit more cost. Or maybe like if an army has like a special unique thing, 
you can't get that thing if you have an ally. Right. So it's still saying you can take the ally, but the special little thing that you get for playing pure of that faction, you don't get access to it. You're, you can still do it, but it's it's you're giving up something of playing the the hundred uh, percent faction. So I'm thinking allies. They'll just they'll just. Tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I think that's a, could, definitely a possibility. What else about third edition are you thinking? Well, I'm curious to see. You know, it's been, there's been a lot of debate, Rob, about how it's going to get incorporated into the competitive season. And I don't know if we want to touch base on that. On you know what our thoughts are on if it does come out when it you know in early or in October, early November, how is that going to work itself into the rest of the master season and masters going into 2020? You know, there's been a lot of debate. Here's my, my two cents. My two cents is we've played 2019 Clash of Kings. We play that through. We've already made the mistake before of, of changing gears halfway through the season. You know, oh, we're going to play the new version. Sometimes you just stick with the dance partner you already have. That being said, you know, maybe there's something in this new edition that's just so mind-boggling that maybe there's something something specific that that we just think, oh, this is something we've got to use because it's amazing. My thoughts, and I think maybe I'm in like the minority on this, is that if it does in fact come out in October, that means you have October, November, December, January, February. You're gonna have the competitive scene playing the old version of the game. So what is that? Four, four or five months. The competitive scene, pretty much, you know, November. Uh, we're, we're, we're switching over to playing the new season because like, basically we have an event in early November. That'll be our last event here in the Southeast. Right. When that ends from them there on, we're playing third edition. I think the issue is though, you're trying to, to have the sort of driving competitive players still play testing, practicing the old game. Whereas all of the other sort of players who maybe aren't going to Masters are wanting to play the new game. Maybe we'll have the side event. We'll have the new edition and maybe the old ma- and the Masters is playing the old edition. <laughs> as far as like hype, if, if you have five months to me, that's granted everything comes out on time. Remember, though, we're not going to get the other book till sometime in November. Last year was just such a buzzkill, Rob. I just got to say, when, when when not being able to play 2019 for months and months, it's not super fun. I mean, granted, you got to bring the armies that you played, and I know the logic and everything behind it. I get it. And I get it. It's hard in a couple months to paint up a whole bunch of new stuff being a slow pants myself. I get some people want to play the new, but I also get that, you know, if you've made this army i mean there's the potential that you could have an army that's completely invalid that is true i mean it is a big it's not just a cock pack it is it's not just clutch kings i mean there could be like you could see i i doubt it but maybe there's a unit that's no longer even in the game i mean i i i don't think they'll go that far but certainly in warhammer days it was not uncommon and i don't know maybe there'll be elements of third edition rules wise that we vote to incorporate i mean at this point we just need to wait and see what what transpires because who knows maybe they're late maybe they don't show up till december i don't know no it it is probably premature to go deep deep into at this point like you said since we are so far off since we are so far ahead whatever we do we just need to make sure the the mob agrees with us which is tough to get you know, a consensus in sometimes, but definitely. And I think also too, as we're going through the next few months of all of these, uh, sort of what are our thoughts, hopes, you know, if you're a listener and you're, and you want certain type of coverage, once third edition comes out, like, let us know, because maybe people want us to do another fresh redive into the book, you know, where we go through all the phases of the game. And that would, could be like maybe a good episode for a new player. And then also people who are just curious to see what third edition has done to the rules. So, I mean, if, if you're thinking of, 
about what sort of type third ed content you guys want to listen to, just go to Countercharge Facebook group and let us know. So we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to have a whole bunch of more info, thoughts, and interviews all on the upcoming third edition of Kings of War. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Welcome back to Counter Charge. And next up for us, we've got a couple interviews with an assortment of people that we picked up at Mountaineer. Basically, their thoughts on third edition. And keep in mind, they did not know third edition was coming out in October. Got version three on the horizon. What do you want to see in version three to improve the game? So with Jesse. <laughs> I, I would like to see um, them steal a couple rules from historicals like Folcon and um, like devastating to add a little flavor. But but beyond that, uh, I don't know. So far it's good. I like to see them change it up, you know, mess with some stats, maybe some points in each tweet. But you got some specific all, units to drive you crazy? Was there like any elves maybe that you don't? Hey, you shut it. You can watch your mouth over there. Yeah, right. So you say there's a few units. What about formations? Is there anything there you think you changed? I, I feel like the game's in a good spot. It just needs a, like a shake-up a little bit. Like, nothing. We don't need to blow it up. We don't need to age of Sigmar it. We just need to. <laughs> just a little bit of a, it. Just mix it up. A little more elbow grease to say Clash of Kings. But beyond that, like it's all right. Yeah. Mike, over to you. What's your thoughts on version oh. three? Change the waiver rule. To what? My thought has always been like, come, you can still counter charge with half attacks. Um, something of that. So if maybe. you're wavered, you're not just sitting yeah, there. Waiver's just pointless, right? It really is. Waiver does nothing. You're for just the game. in the way at that point. And, yeah, and it and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So that's my number one. That's a, that, a good one I hadn't heard before. Yeah, like Jesse said, I don't think it needs a huge shakeup, but you know, customize some units, maybe clean up a few rules, keep formation. What rules? Room. Uh, obviously, like you said, the, the wavering, uh, maybe the uh, snake eyes situation needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Um, I mean, I could go on forever. Yeah, right? How long do <laughs> you want to go here? Yeah, well, exactly. did, well, didn't I want to say the Australia Clash Kings? Didn't they do something with snake eyes to where it's like, if snake eyes, you get one roll and they're not affected by its fire. Like if they're on snakes, you get you get the one roll, but they're not effect, affected by its fire. So you get one chance. The snakes are there. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. I think, think re-rolling it and getting snakes on the second roll is just yeah. insulting. It's tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, it's yeah. a big swing. The thing I like about snake eyes is like you go from killing a unit completely to them being completely fine, yeah. full strength, attacking you back. I mean, I think it's a big swing, and it's a lot of way. It's, it's easy to like get salty about that, right? It's yeah. easy to like get upset because like, oh, I would have killed them, but they came back and they killed me. So I think... I think there's room to like have a rule that either like they reduce their attacks, they like, come or back minus with, one to hit or something. Or... Yeah, I think there's a lot of room there. And I think nerf checks in general, I'd like to see something play with it. To, like maybe it's like a, a smoother roll, so there's less variance on the nerf roll. I think it's a big swing within a twelve or a ten, you know, to a two or. Well, a three. I mean, even double sixes, they lose their teeth as soon as it's in kill range. Yeah. Right. It's like exactly. Ooh, a double six. It's like I don't care, they're dead anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like I don't know. I think I think there's room to improve the game a little bit there with that. Just being make it a little bit more consistent. Not, not too consistent because you don't want things boring, but you know, I think like make it more normal and kind of more regular for for most combats. Just have yeah. swingy ones, like kind of. You know, come every now and then, not, not every game, basically, but and, not every other game. So I like the fact, like, with version 3, I think you'll be allowed to change some stats because, yeah. like, I'm not the same because Mike had dragons, but I never I never said how a dragon can fly as fast as, say, gargoyles. Right. We right. used to have that heavy fly rule. Yeah. Maybe there's something along those lines yeah. where uh, maybe they separate out nimble. And maybe, and maybe fly. Well, I think, the, yeah. the lighter flyers can do some extra shenanigans, but the big guy can just go, clunk. 
yeah. straight forward with no turn or something like right. that. Right. And I like the idea of, like, I think they've done it in some units. Like, not every unit has to fly 10, right? Mm-hmm. Why right. not fly 8? Why not fly 9? Well, like, you yeah, bear white, so fly right. 7. Exactly, like that. And then, you know, I know the, uh, the frogs from Trident yeah. Realms Rises are all fly 6, six. I think. So, right. I think there's room for that. Like, yo, Dracons could be maybe fly 8 or fly 9, right? There's no reason they should be Some differentiation and everything. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Different. What about, uh, you know, one of the complaints we get sometimes is that it's a lot of, like, you got an army, it's like, same unit spam six times. Right. What? First of all, do you agree that there there, there are at the top tables? Obviously, you're talking about because if you're a narrative guy, you do whatever the hell you want. Sure. But like at the competitive tables, you may not see the balanced armies that we would like to see. And first of all, do you agree with that or disagree? And then what would you do if you do agree? What would you do to, to facilitate? Hey, man, don't take six of the guys. Right. Uh, and I don't know. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Like. I... My background is like competitive war machine, and then you, you would see some list where you you it'd run like eight Kodiaks, and it's like right. If they run against the list they want to run against, like they're amazing. Right. So it's but, a skew. So if you're doing that, you're skewing. Yeah. It, and I mean, if you it, go against the wrong one, you're going right. to get hammered. Right. And it's like, that's okay. Enough. I mean, okay. I mean, if you're lucky, and you know, if you're trying to game the meta, for lack of a better term, like all right, I know there's a lot of shooting, so I'm just going to take this, and it's like, all right, well, you, you just run against an Alpha Strike list. You're like, well, oh well. Right. So you know, your your position is, it's not a problem because right. there's a there's yeah. a penalty for doing that. You bring rock, eventually you're gonna run in the paper. Okay, Mike, over to you. I definitely don't like it. I don't think it brings anything to the game for people to be able to do it. Uh, the perfect fix, obviously, is, is the big question mark of how you go about doing it. I don't think they want to, nor should they say limit this per per unit. You know, not right. every unit should have that kind of uh, selection, and we don't want to go back to the. The old game that we should not mention. Yeah, we're we having to like either know, spend points on lords yeah. or all that stuff. Yeah, or, yeah, or, 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 or core units, the core tax. Yep, exactly. right. I think I think building an army is very simple in this game, and I think it should stay that way. Like that's a that's important. I, mean, I think they could do something where maybe if you repeat units twenty times, it stops unlocking things. Maybe something like that. That way, is like you can take you can take a lot of spam, but then like that's all your army is. You don't get to you know, take spam and then unlock these like four characters at maximum, maybe something like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they can play with it. You know, I'm not on the rules committee, so I don't. I don't yeah, and you actually, know, I thought of that. Like, have a kind of a soft rule of three. Like, you can take any more than three. Once you hit three, they after three, they don't unlock anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so these three, I, they can right. unlock. I like that. Yeah. See, I think there's something like I think that would benefit. You. I don't see anyone that would like you know say that's a bad idea. Right? So let's talk about the question that everybody wants to know. What are we gonna do with these elves? Elves. I don't know. Elf shooting. What are we gonna do? Yeah, Hit I, on fives. Yeah, I'll be I'll be honest with you, elves, like me and my buddies have talked about it. Hitting if they made elves to where they hit on fives but they had nimble in elite, I can see that because elves should be able to move and shoot. They, you know, it, in lore they're always they're always good archers and they're they're running around shooting from trees. Everybody else can't do that. Like if they made them hit on fives, let them keep elite and give them nimble. Okay. That's a good. I, you're the first that's, one that's brought that yeah, up. Yeah. Really, like that well, one, what is it? Yeah. Uh, steady aim is that new rule. So they, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't get the extra pivoty nonsense, yeah. but they get the move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Give steady, steady aim. aim. The new rule. Oh, yeah. Steady really? aim would be perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. I would not. I right. enjoy conversation. <laughs> I would not complain about that at all. We're, We're gonna skip or, Mike because. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I have a reasonable response. Though. Okay. You. I think for the game as a whole, elite and vicious should not affect shooting and magic. They should be combat-only rules. Interesting. That cleans up elves right off the bat. Yeah, because that's it, the frustrating Yeah, part. if you're elite and right. hitting on fours, that's the problem. If right. you're hitting on fours without elite, right. that, that fixes a lot of those right. get, right. get elite and vicious to be combat-only well, abilities, yeah. and it fixes the game across the board. Yeah, not, for not just elves. Right, right. 
for health play, that's a reasonable I mean, that, I agree. Yeah, I like that too. Actually, we, we've talked about it in the past, yeah. and I, I agree with that too. I think take out elite and the elves on like you know you know fight. I actually like Jesse's idea a lot too. Make them more of a different archetype, where they're more of a fast moving shooting and not necessarily just doing the raw damage. So I think it's the brutal part is those elves is like when they just get that free shot. You know, you're hitting on fours. You know, they're bane chanted or pierced, whatever they are. They're just going to wipe a unit off a turn, essentially, and they're just in holding that objective. So, what if we wouldn't let them take them in hordes? What if they only had regiments? Only regiments. I don't, I mean, you still want to keep. I guess the, they just the, take six regiments. Yeah, you still exactly. You so still, it's the same thing. You still want to keep the flavor of elves. Like, I don't think they should punish people because maybe they screwed up with like, the whole hitting on fours and elite. Like, right. We, we can still let them do their thing, still let them take hordes, still let them unlock stuff, but just, just tweak a little bit. My, my, thing, my thing is, like, I actually don't mind them hitting on fours. The elite thing's probably the thing that puts right. over the top. Right. But like on chariots, they're riding right. a chariot and hitting on fours. You're yeah. not standing like right. if you're standing on the ground, infantry. <laughs> I, I get it, right? Yeah, exactly. You're shooting, but like I'm, ri- I'm rushing at you on a chariot and I'm still hitting on fours. That that's yeah. the one that kind of again we go back like what Billy just said. Maybe they hit on fives, but they have steady aim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that again, they're elves and yeah, they're chariots. Chariot, but they're still, yeah, it makes sense. Still, yeah. Wow, Billy, you're contributing great. <laughs> I, I really did uh, like like your idea though too, where elite and vicious just don't. Right. Don't do it. I think that's honestly probably the best case scenario. And that then, and, and that attacks the the whole shooting span. So. Right. Right. Because I'll, I'll, I'll exactly, and I'll still take elves at that point as, as shooting hordes. Right. They still do what they're made to do. I worry if you make them to a uh, range five, nobody's going to take them. What's the point of taking them? Especially if they kept the cost where it is. I mean, that'd be insane. Yeah. But I think you need to keep the unit usable. As soon as they put things into the place of being so bad that nobody uses them, that's that's too much of a nerd. And something else I would like to see version three do is the ability to buy the ability to buy abilities. When, like say, like with Basley is a prime example. I don't really want my chaff to have iron resolve. I should not have to pay for iron resolve. So if I don't want to have iron resolve, I never add in the cost. But you have the ability. Say so right. I want this chaff to be able to buy it. All the upgrades be optional. Basically. Yeah, the upgrades be optional. So I don't I don't want my stupid chaff to iron resolve. So. You save those points, right. but I really want my spear dudes to have it. I want this guy to have it. You know, Counterpoint though, would it make it would it make more cumbersome to make an army? Or right, I actually like, I actually want to argue this is the opposite because I think right now there's too many armies that have rules that doesn't affect units. I think yeah. that's like loses the flavor, right? Because I not headstrong on your earth I play a dwarf place with yeah. headstrong basically because it's all elementals and brock riders that yeah. are all fearless. So what's the point? I have no army special <laughs> rule. It's right. fine. It's still fine, but. You know, where's the flavor, right? right. Where's, where's the rule that actually makes... Let's make a unique rule that's applied to everyone yeah. and make it actually do something for every unit. I think that there's room for that. Like, that, that and then armies that, that have rules like that are actually like, the, the stronger armies, right? The elves are like, oh, yeah, elite affects everybody. Well, right? let's, let's, let's talk about that. We've talked about this. Elite's the best army special rule. Yeah, I think so. Vicious, maybe it affects too. Maybe Brutal's, right. Brutal's pretty, pretty good. Sweet. But Vicious is also pretty good. Yeah. Right. Brutal doesn't affect uh, your But, like, and then after that, what do you got? You got... Right. Very inspiring when Kingdoms of Men. Yeah, it's terrible, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, terrible. You, I mean, you can't I mean, even, you can't even pick one to put in contention right now. Right. Yeah. Like, so, give me some suggestions. Yeah. What, I mean, what could be some so new army? I'll talk Dwarfs of Men. I mean, yeah. give them super headstrong, right? Call it like it removes disorder. Like you now yeah. get your thunders back. You still shoot, you know, maybe because they're like you know super stubborn, you know. Give them, give them some kind of you know crazy rule. Call it the stubborn like, rule. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's genius. Super headstrong. Genius. Exactly. <laughs> Alex is just a genius. <laughs> I, would, but, so I mean, the army probably. I think has room for that, right? I always, I always thought it was kind of goofy, but it'd be one of those deals. Like, especially when you're thinking about dwarves, to where they like say they can in combat. You know, you're supposed to bounce that inch, you don't kill. Dwarves like give no ground. Like they wouldn't back up an inch. Your opponent would have to back up. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know, it was something goofy, but, it, yeah. I mean, that, that would help with your speed, too. Yeah, they charge, and then uh, you have to back up. And right, right. You know? Oh, like, inches are dwarves, huge. Yeah, inches yeah, are huge, yeah. dwarves give no ground. Like, right. That'd be a cool special role, but. I like it, yeah. I, anything to give dwarves faster, I think, is it's nice. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. Yeah. Is there too much crushing strength in the game? I think so. Yes. I think definitely, yeah. I know, I'm just asking. Well, because it's yeah. like, at some point, you're going to be everything's meatless and everything has it. But I think defense six is too good still. And if you, so you need it. You, you have, have to have need it. it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why it's a, yeah. Yeah, because defense six versus five, I mean, it's not even close. Right. Not even close. So if you don't have all that crushing in the game, defense six is unstoppable. It's too good. Right. You know, it has to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's. I think there's too much crush. I'd like to see, I get, defense, you'd have to adjust defenses, right? Yeah. I agree with that. But, um, I don't know, maybe more situational ways to get crushing. Thund- like, thunders. Yeah, maybe make it a little, Bane Chance a little cheaper so you can kind of get support spells somewhere or something like that. I think there's ways to kind of, you know, have select crushing for that one situation. But, and that's um, where historical struggle a lot. Like, getting crushing is difficult. When you get crushing, you have to sacrifice defense to get it. On the flip side, like our game, it's like 50 points, I have rally two, and just go wherever it wants. So I'm walking around like 25 nerve, like it's nothing, but I'm defense four. So it's like right. it, it evens out a little bit. I don't know. What's, what's the best thing from the news Clash of Kings 2019 that you like? Uh, the, I, I like new scenarios and the spells. The, spell, the spells have added a lot. You got like, a specific one that jumps out to you besides Blizzard? I'm not going to. I, I pre pooed on Blizzard when it first came out. And now, and what then, now, now I've seen it, and I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, D- it's right now it's yeah. really good. It's yeah, too good. Yeah. <laughs> How many do you have? You just have one wizard. I, I don't have any of them. What? Yeah, I know. I just right. took. I literally just took my master's list okay. and submitted it. But no, I, I literally I haven't really messed with the Clash of Spells too much. I've been playing Romans a lot, and um, eh, everything else. It's I've been playing ogres and Romans. And the, what what do you do with historicals? Do you need to go back and just give them an update? I know there's a fan fiction one. Or fan driven like Clash of Kings 2019. Honestly, like, they have to the historicals, historicals, but really what they need to do is just take take Ocon from historicals, and, like maybe one or two more rules from historicals, not the stupid hindered on hills. It's dumb, I hate it. But <laughs> just pretty much add those to make them an option of Kingdoms of Men and call it a day. Yeah, I think merging armies, right? Like a lot of people talk about smashing armies together, right? Like roll Kings of Men historicals into one army, it lets you buy your options yeah, you like, know, somewhere. Honestly, if they added Falcon to the King of War fantasy, that would help a lot of people's complaints against shooting because it's like, okay, cool, I'm defense six. Like, I like I like a little balance out. Yeah, I'm defense six shooting, but defense four combat. It's okay. Like, I don't I don't feel like I'm, I'm helpless against shooting. You're like, well, well, beloved Tub Dubs, I'm just going to die. It's, yeah, I had that work out for you in that last game. That's good. Yeah, I, know you <laughs> I know you didn't shoot once at the ones with Falcon. No, I did you not. about the cab. Yeah, like, I was on the other just, side of the table. Right, you were just like, have you a good day, Falcon, guys. Well, Mike, same question over to you. What's the uh, thing from the Clash of Kings 2019? I think book? the spells is the biggest thing. Um, and not, you mean uh, the fact, like the legendary and the way yeah, they broke the, it out? Yeah, the fact that they're putting more into the spells. Prior to that, magic phase was just... It's so bland. Everybody played first same edition, thing. bro. <laughs> we only had one spell, and it was called Zap. So, <laughs> no, I didn't. But it's coming all the way. I actually picked up some old models from the shop, and uh, they had that first edition rule book in it. Yeah. I read it. I was like, so bad. It was bad. <laughs> like, it was like cavalry, war machines. You could that's take, all you needed, dude. You could take Mars and flyers. I mean, Shannon Shoemaker tabled me you, in you two take, turns. You could take Mars infantry <laughs> I, I was looking at like, ogres. I could literally just run like. Ogre flat guys for days, but it'd be like this is an ogre warrior all by himself. Yeah, well, right, I'm like, right. that would be my entire army. But like, here's twelve ogres. Good luck getting them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, spells are good. I mean, just talking back from that, like I think I've always wanted new spells. I think from the second I read the book, I was like, I want it. You know, I saw like there was a fan edition. They said where like you know 
like it was kind of like it was kind of like the lures with a kind of you know that other game where yeah. like if you had access to Bainchain, access to this you know something like that. I, I think something like that was really cool. I think it was one of the cooler sort of fan made spells where you know if you, if you have access to certain, you get more spell options. That way everyone doesn't get it. The one thing is I, I like that it's like. They had the evil. I like those the, the alignment based. Alignment I, based. I think I like a little bit more of that. I think that way you can you can kind of get a little crazier with the spells. Put some fluff and, yeah. and into it, but throw the balance. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't throw the balance out the window. By so it's a, we want a balanced game, of course. Right. We also would like to have a more narrative or interesting decision that, and those are sometimes right. contrary, mutually exclusive. Yes. So it's tough because you, you add more variables, and now you're right. You end up going swinging that towards Warhammer, we do. where there was. 36 spells and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't go too far with it. But yeah, I mean, if you do it right, which yeah. I think they have been, yes. a little bit slow. And, you know, when they make mistakes, they pull it back. I know it's counter chart. We're preaching to the choir. You, know? you gotta remember, like, fantasy went through eight editions, ninth, ninth edition, whatever. But eight editions. I mean, King's Wars come up on probably third edition. And it's slowly, I mean, it's getting more complex, but it's also, they're constantly worried about balance, too. Right. You know, so people are like, oh, it's not enough variety. Just add into it. It'll be all right. So we're doing, I think I think they're really good playtesting group. So um, I think that I trust, like, the rules committee a lot. And I think their playtesting group is very, very good. Like, they're actually trying hard, and I'm sure they spend a lot of time on it. Like, you know, I'm, I don't know how long this, you know, I'm sure there's a draft somewhere for third edition they've had for, I guess, at least a year, you know, or more. And, you know. I do trust them to kind of balance that, but you know, I'm backtracking a little bit. We need to get allies out of the damn game. I am with you. I don't <laughs> I, like allies yeah, I because armies that. are built with with holes. Yes. specifically because you play in this army, you can't do everything yeah. well. Yep, right. And and I and I like the fact that you don't. And use I actually allies. had I remember a direct quote from Aaron Chapman, which was, "Don't use allies." Unless you have to, your army is missing something. Use allies to patch that hole, and, right. and it's literally well, yeah, that's the whole point that's of the, the whole game. Point. Yeah, and especially having alignment-based allies is way too well, way too so wide the, open. I think the problem is you've got this neutral thing, right? So, like, if you're yeah. evil, you've got neutral and evil. Yeah. There's too many options. It's, it's a lot, especially think, evil. How many evil armies are? Eleven? Twelve? Yeah, there's more evil armies. There's only like good. six good, right? And there's yeah, a whole right. bunch. Of, so, if you want to do allies, it should be each army has a specific army they can ally. If you want to do it, right, and that's but, sort of like 40k, I guess they've got some specific ones. Yeah, they, 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 they got a matrix. Yeah, sure. We need a matrix, <laughs> right? How about we just said no allies? That's, yeah, I, that's I'm a, I've never taken allies. Never I don't plan to. I'm, 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 I'm a purist, you know. When I play yeah. dwarves, I don't play dwarves. I've never done it in competitive, but like fun, just be like, oh, sure. well, fun is yeah, fine. It's fun. The problem is that you know, I've always hear this argument for people like that go to tournaments to say, I want to theme my army. I want to take allies in it. No one ever does. I don't. I've never seen an army theme for allies. Like it's just, allies are there to, you know, patch up holes. I'm, I'm going to put, I'm gonna put hordes of archers in, in Yeah, I'm going to put you know, hordes of archers in my Racken yeah. list or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah. you, it's always that. That's why I, like I never, never see yeah. The theme comes never secondary. Right. I want flyers. I want Aloha in my army that doesn't have flyers and I'm going to make Ogres with wings. I'm gonna take gyrocopters and turn them into Aloha. I think allies just need to go. Fortunately, I don't think they will because people that are on the rules committee use them all the time. Yeah. But I, I think, mean, I think and there's, a, there's a commercial reason to have allies too, right? Yeah. Theoretically, you could say, "Hey, I want to start a new army. I'll just start with allies for my existing army." And I, and I get it. And they, they sell more models potentially. Right. Um, I, I, just, I would like to see some TOs going in and saying no allies in the yeah. tournament. Oh, I, I, mean, I just, I just really think it is bad for the game. It's bad for the game. If I'm a new player and I come in and watch somebody playing Ratkin with Twilight Kin chariots, that that just does not sell the game to me at all. I mean, if they really want to scratch it. It's we, you know, not to plug BCB or anything, but um, they could do it where you can do a team up, and it's like 
cool. You can have you have your thousand points and your thousand points. You try to plug all whatever, but there's a reason for it. It's a team, and you run two different. Yeah, saying, a doubles event. Yeah, doubles. That that's yeah, cool. I mean, that's, but <laughs> even in yours, your thousand points, you, you tell like you must. That was your ally. Yeah, you don't yeah. get you don't get ally. Your thousand points must be from one army, and your your partner can have his thousand points. To me, that's cool. That's awesome. But yeah, I'm. Eh, I've never done it competitively. I'm just like, what's the point? Like, well, I see also in allies. I think that. It, there's no easy way to do it, but I'd like to see, like, a cost to allies. So, if you take... Like, attacks. Right, attacks. So, like, you know, call it 10% tax, right? Like, if I want to buy this for my dwarf army, I have to pay more for it. That, that's, I mean, that's what I think would kind of, to me, make the balance work, right? I, I don't know this yeah. this weakness in my list for free. It costs me extra to get those flyers, you know, or shooters or whatever I want in my army that I don't have. Yeah, we've talked about that for a long time, and I think that can also plug into version 3 and how they point cost things. You know, can they? Here's the point cost of a troop regiment, so on and so forth, and then here's the bonus cost if you're going to take them as allies. Right. You know, a low here, three hundred points, right? Or they're three hundred fifty as allies, or, right? You know. As long right. as you have some factor in there to at least punish people for taking out, it does not make sense that you can just take free and clear allies, however you want, whatever you want. I mean, the regular stuff helped a little bit, but it, it's it's broken. All right, let's talk about formations. Out, start us off. Okay. Thoughts um, on formations? I love them. Yeah, I like them a lot. I think I do like the, uh, the. I think the original idea behind formations was to bring strength to underperforming units or, or units underrepresented, underrepresented down, units. Right. And I thought that was a really good idea, and I do like formations in general. I'd like to see more formations in that vein. You know, I think that you know it's easy to blame. You know, for example, the Basilid formation. Everyone says is like, why are Lohi getting stronger? Right, that they already take everywhere. Um, I'd like to see you know the units that are maybe infantry, a lot more infantry formations and. and like that, but I think that they do a good job in general, and I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, I think, speaking of exactly what Alex said, I mean, making units that are already good better doesn't really make sense. Trying to get people to take units they're not definitely is a good thing for the game. I think some got a little out of hand. I think the uh, vampire one got a little out of hand in particular. Um, but it, it's good to see that there's stuff being worked on to get people to play more diverse armies, diverse units. Some that they probably shouldn't have even wasted their time making because nobody's going to take them. <laughs> yeah. There's one in Elf, isn't there? Yeah, the Elf one with the Glade Stalkers. <laughs> right. Um, but it definitely is doing a lot for the game. I think it's a huge part of the, keeping the game I love fresh. formations, the theory of it, because you're taking stuff you're not, you don't want really right. to take. Right. It's like veteran formation. It's not, it's okay. But, you know, it's interesting. At least, at least makes you think about it. Yeah, you're, you're like, like, okay, he's probably not perfect, players but and we, elite you know, stuff, it's cool. I personally would never take a regiment of boomers ever. But then the formation, I always thought, I'm like, eh, maybe it's kind of draft, right. sort of. Yeah, yeah. I it's think like, it's cool. Like, this, like the undead formation, honestly, they should have probably, instead of Lady Alone, it should have been like a Dark Avenger or something. Or whatever, Dark Avenger? Or whatever they had. Vampire? That's why I like Ken Unit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, yeah, flashbacks. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Some cheaper, not maybe not Lady Alone, Captain Beatstick. Yeah. But, so what you're saying is a few of the formations maybe were not thought through. Yeah, yeah. the Alohi one, the, Alohi, the mummy formation, uh, and the mummy formation. Like I've I've played a bunch of people yeah. in Empire Dust. I've never seen them not take mummies. They were already taking. Yeah, mummies. yeah, right. Right. It's like I think so too. Yeah. I think yeah, the original tent, like the, the one bad lane formation with the the knights and Naeus, I think that one's good. That's a good I, one. Yeah. I never really. I know it's all really people take. They would just take well, just add more Alohi. <laughs> Right, you're exactly. knights, that's cool. Right, you get a and knight I'm, hammer, and Nance Steven is, you know, not that popular, but you see him in the formation, I think it works well. I mean, yeah. I think it might be make sense to maybe limit one formation for army. I was thinking that, too. Yeah, I mean, because you see these double-armed formation armies, and, like, I don't know. I feel like, you may not have t- play-tested 
them interacting. Yeah, like yeah, 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 exactly. So I don't uh, know if that's the thing. I mean, I don't, maybe it doesn't belong. I, I think it'd be cool. Just to, at that point, not, I feel like you're not building the army anymore. You're just kind of letting you know. You're just basically doing. You just doing formations. The army's built for you. It's like you know, yeah. most army. Hell, you can even take three formations in an army in some right. armies. And that's like decent army. Yeah. I don't know if I would limit just one formation. It's like back to best land. Yeah, the Elohi, but. The, the, what, the, 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 foot, the foot guard the and then the cat yeah. one? That makes sense. Sure. That does kind of help newer players. They kind of... Well, third edition's on the horizon. What are you looking for? What, what, what are you like, oh, man, this would be cool? Salamanders. Yeah, well, whatever you just you want. <laughs> An updated salamander. salamander. Yeah, a better list. Yeah, just uh, take 10% off all their unit prices and, and call that the army, and I think you're pretty solid. So over costing. On a lot of it. The Kaisenors aren't. Uh, I know Jeff O'Neill ran Salamanders at ATC last year, 2,500 points with 14 regiments of Kaisenor Lancers. It's classic spam. And he went 4-1. and one. Uh, So that does work, but it is kind of monotonous. Well, it's spam in general, right? You, get right, you don't want to see that. Well, what, what can you do about it, though? What's, what, what's the solution? I don't like limits. I so don't, you don't like putting like, hey, you can only take three or you can take whatever. Right, because there's thematic stuff. Yeah. Um, but let's be honest. Jeff's not taking thematic there. No. <laughs> he, he, I'll give him credit. He does put effort. In no, it's all doing. painted. And it's right. all full mo- Mostly, I think it's all full model count. Right. And he's super fun to play. I wouldn't yeah. want to punish him. <laughs> no, no, no. I, well, that's something we've been talking about is how do you, you know, uh, get the balance that you want, but still just incentivize non-skewed list. I mean, Jesse Cornwell's philosophy or theory was that, well, you don't have to because skewed lists are their own punishment because you're going to run into the bad matchup and then... Right. So, and that's sort of okay, but for the hobby, it's not necessarily great to have really, really skewed lists. Yeah, and the worst part is like a super skew where it's a new player and they hit that list and that's like their first experience with the game and that's what you really don't want. I don't know if there's really a good way to, to stop it. Um, you could like you could do like proportional like point taxes. Like you take a fifth unit of this, it costs it cost much, more but money. Some armies are built around taking five or six and stuff. Like well, it's kind of core unit. That's what they're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, it's a core unit. Something. Yeah. So, uh, do you think it's? Do you think the skew list is mostly uh, an issue with? Shooting, or do you think it's? I mean, is is it, it both? Like Eric Trebridge, you could call that a skew because it's, well, it's five just bodies. Like the skew is the bodies, yeah. but yeah, Dwarves could run a defense six skew. Um, you could have George loves to run a shooting skew, that sort of thing. Um, there's all sorts of different ways. You could even call like my undead. That's a elite melee skew. It, it doesn't shoot. It all it does is punch you. That's all yeah. I want to do with it. Um, I don't think there's a real way to stop it. You could try rebalancing it. Like I, I think at some point points have to be will have to be changed. If, yeah. if something's spammable. Yeah. What about like in a tournament? You know, we talked about like what well, you, you you mentioned interactions with those skewed lists on new players. That's the that's what you need to avoid. Right. I mean, and two I think, masters level players playing skewed lists, it does not matter because they're both used to it. It's right. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think at some point that comes into TO intervention, like. You, certain players, the TO should know, even if they're like Jeff's goblins. I don't think a new player would really be mad because Jeff himself is Jeff that is a great fun guy. To play. He's like, a good guy. That but that's a not problem. a fun army to play. But he is fun to play. He is fun to play. And I know, like, there were two new players at Siege that got both Jeff and Sean. That was yeah, the first ever tournament games. Uh, 
and Jeff and Sean took care of them. Like, yeah, I know they're very gracious. So Southern I think at some point it becomes the TO's responsibility to make sure the mashup is with the right people. Um, if it, you know, this guy's first event, like you don't set it up with the really hard nose. I've come here to crush face guy. You put them, you orchestrate it. Right. And, They're not going to win the event anyways. Normally. Yeah. They might. You never know. Yeah. Luck happens. But, like, you throw them up against a guy that might be a little bit more middling. Like, the, you can do that as yeah. a TO. I, I think that becomes the point. Right. It does screw the other guy, though. Like, the, well, because somebody's taking the hit, right? Taking the hit, yeah. Cause uh, but somebody has to. Well, for the good of the game, somebody has to. Right. And... Like, if I had to play it first, you know, that's different than somebody's first walking on. He's like, I just bought this Mega Army set, put it together. Yeah, right. And, and that's happened. And that up. happens from time to time. Right. Hey, I, this is my first thing. Da, da, da. And then it gets steamrolled. And, you know, it's like that thing where you don't want them to necessarily, you don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Right. Same token, you don't want to give them a false sense of, this is really easy. You don't yeah. want to just, like, roll over, but you want to teach them the game, the right way to play. and, and Yeah, but... Like, if you're with 40 people, and there's, like, a couple guys that you don't play new players, then there's 36 other players. You know, maybe 10 of them are in a challenge or something. But then there's 26 other players you can choose from. Like, you can change that up. Yeah. And I think, overall, the game has so much variety. Like, there's 21 armies, and maybe in third it goes down to 18 or 17 or whatever. Right. You think that's coming, consolidation? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, like, I... It wouldn't surprise me if Rodia goes away. Yeah, we'll just call it Kings Kings Men. Yeah, yeah, and like you could call Salamanders Forces of Nature, and they just unlock a different unit or something. Because half the army's Forces of Nature already. So I think that could happen. But with regards to skew lists, the skew lists, if it's skew here to beat these six armies, but it's also going to lose to these three armies. There's enough variety in the game to kind of counterbalance the skew itself, depending on the type. Well, the other thing, too, we were talking about, like, things you could do to to fix skew lists. Like, if you do it to one, you're doing it to all. So, like, you yeah. know, you get to limits and, all, and, ta- and taxes. Yeah, and, and, and it's so it's like, well, you're, you're, you're maybe, you got to find a different, a, there's probably a different, I don't know, there's, there's probably a better solution. Than, yeah, I think it comes in the army list itself. Um, like, when you have 20 different army lists, there's probably something that can be built to beat a skew of certain type. You can probably you can build a dwarf line to be a Basilia like Alpha Strike. You need the right scenario, but the game requires the right scenarios. Right. But there's counters in every army to do it. It just requires the players to go out and build them as well. Yeah. Soft scores. You a fan? Not a fan? What's love them? Yeah. I lost to Keith on sports. Yeah. Well, I think they're they're like. For two-day events, I think you have to have They're them. necessary yeah. in some level. I really liked what Brian did at Discover. Now what, uh, now, what did he do? This would be Discover GT in Fayetteville, Georgia? Yeah. Uh, so he had five questions that you filled out, and you filled out in front of him. So you're not doing this on the table right. with your opponent looking at you. It's yeah. just you and him. Yeah. And if you don't want him to see it either, whatever. But he's going to see it because he he's going to score it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was like, was your opponent on time? Was your opponent prepared? Was your opponent courteous? Uh, was there clean play? And then the fifth one is, does did your opponent do something that would intentionally uh, go against him? So like, like if, you're being altruistic or something. If I rolled nerve and I still had a shooting attack, oh, he crushed me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Spiral nerve, and I had a shooting attack to go, like letting me go back and do it. Yeah. Despite the rules, I'm done. Once I yeah. that nerve, 
uh, like forgetting to move a scout troop that was wavered on turn two. Absolutely. You forgot it existed. Yeah, I, I'm turns. like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I think paint, paint is a little easier for me to, to explain because you we need to play with paint and models. Right. If you don't incentivize people painting their models, then why not just play a video game? Yeah. And I think you also have to, um, that paint score, there's some people in the room, they're not really here to going to win the games. They're here because they enjoy the painting part. Yeah. Well, we need to reward them like, because you need Billy those players goes to, to events. Yeah, paint. Like, yeah. I know well, he was two and zero though. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is freaking bizarro land. But to your point, he needs to be rewarded. Right. You dump four hundred hours into an army or whatever. There should be some. Yeah, and I, I'm on the Mike Atkins. Um, I want to. I'd like to see paint range from like twenty to thirty points. And your basic three color is in that 10 to 15, depending on what the, the top is. And then, so you're getting like seven, eight points for a Mike Adkins versus a dip army. For so a half a, half a game? Somewhere? Right. Enough to where it makes a difference in the standings and it rewards the player. But I also, I don't want to see a 40 point spread. Well, I, yeah. Which I mean, invalidates it, the plays. Yeah, so some, sometimes uh, the beautiful thing of our community is that you have hobby tournaments, and so you yeah. can, as a player, yeah. you can go to tournaments that you enjoy based on the. And it's nice that they have different, you know, fifty, you know, thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-three scores, yeah. or you know, uh, a big popular one with Sons of Vulcan is their their cap scoring, where really there's not really much differentiation paint at all. Isn't going to make it like but if you bring an unpainted model, you're going to get penalized. Right, for but it, like but... if you're getting the basics, you're going to get this because it yeah. caps. You know, maybe there's fifty for paint, but. Well, overall, Only it stops 25 or something yeah. like that. And so they're still incentivizing it in their own way. Yeah, they're incentivizing. When you cap it, you incentivize three-color wash, maybe a dry brush. Right. That's what you incentivize. And that depends on your cap as well. Like, if yeah. you cap it at this guy has awesome basing and an awesome army, then nobody's ever going to reach the cap. What's the point of the cap? Right. If you cap it at this guy's primed it, Dipped it and called it good. You need the cap to be just high enough that they have to keep getting better. Right. Whatever want, that is. And you want the cap ideally to be increasing over time. Over time to push them. I will say the paint standard is very high uh, compared to where it was in Warhammer because, like, you know, I, we got a lot of young, newer players and stuff that are coming in. They're really good painters. Yeah. Uh, the Mid Atlantic itself has gotten a lot better. Yeah. I think over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, like after I finished last in paint at Masters in Did Chicago, you? I was 64. What happened? 64. Was it unpainted or something? It's my Salamanders, which aren't the best looking army, and I had dropped it before I brought it. Oh, so so like, some broken models and stuff. All of it was destroyed. There's like missing a wing on a dragon, and it's just I didn't have time to really get it fixed at that point. I I was so burnt out on the army, I didn't even I understand. care. Um, but you know, I got last and. I said, never doing that again. Right. That, that's just the end of that. And that's what Night Stalkers came out. Right. Like, Creepy right. Army comes out. Now, sportsmanship is an, is an interesting thing because that's one where you have to be more careful because it can it can be, it can, it can devolve into a popularity contest. It can, and, you know, you can kind of rig it. Yeah. Especially at the top table. Like, if it's the last round and I'm two points ahead of Alex. Absolutely. And we just tied. Like, am I ever going to give him that sports vote because that could lose me that spot. Correct. 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 There's some... So, and the other thing that I'd mentioned is that sports scores, paint is, you're trying to get get people to... But in sportsmanship, there are different facets of sportsmanship. Right. And and, and I might, with Blue City, what we've done is we we have three, and we make you pick before the event 
which of the three is the most important, that you rank them. Right. And then you will give your best player votes based on those three categories, but you've predetermined what they're what's So one of them is clean play. You know, you want people that play the game correctly, they yeah. mark their units, they don't budge stuff. Um, then I think you want people that are altruistic and just say, are they, do they genuinely, you know, they want the best for them. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. want they want you to play the game right yeah. and learn the game and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, and then just like, uh, I don't know where I'm going. There's another one, Friendly, I guess, is the other one. So, the nice guy. The nice, the nice guy, guy person. Right, they're just pleasant to be around. Right. Um, it's sort of similar to what Brian was doing there. And also yeah. like TNT's got TNT's something. TNT's got five categories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I played Eric Trowbridge is one of the top okay, like well, yeah, three okay. players in the Midwest. And Bill Goodrick is always ninth or tenth okay. in the Mid Atlantic. He's almost always at the top tables okay. too. Tough room, man. It is, uh, and it's getting tougher every event. It always people get better over time, and Midland's growing, which is really nice to see. Yeah. So sportsmanship, kind of wrap it up. What, what's your take on sportsmanship? I think it's necessary. I don't think there's necessarily a, a right way. I like what. You did for BCB. I like what TNT is doing now. Um, I didn't like what TNT did last year. Well, no, because they did the same thing in that they had different categories, but, but it was two random. Of, two of them weren't worth anything. Right, and it was what well, was random. They yeah. picked which randomly, and so you didn't know. And they had a best game category that was worth zero points, and that just leaves the worst taste in your yeah. mouth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they fixed it for this year. They did. and It wasn't like, Tim. Dan, Tim didn't fix it. But. Dan Kamag, I played him in the cage. I gave him unluckiest, and he was like my second. That was my second ranking, and it was worth zero. And I was like, I feel like because he deserved more than zero points right. there. Um, well, Dan Kamek, you know, maybe not. Yeah, he took no, his shirt off. He's a good guy. He he's got dancing. the guns. Yeah. Mississippi mudslide. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do sports. I just think you should do. They, they gotta have. They got. I think they have to exist. I don't know how you know. How you do it, there's lots of different ways to do it. Right. Well, I should say, there's probably a wrong way to do it. Where it devolves into a popularity contest, then, you you know. I'm less of a fan of, like, pick two out of five games. Um, I actually really like pick five. Yeah. Where, you know. If you play every player, just rank them. Right. And everybody gets a point, but it's five, four, three, two, one. Or, or, you know, three, two, two, one, one. That sort of thing. When are you going to run an event? (laughs) I... Do not have the money for that at the moment. It costs money. It does. That's okay. what I've heard. I've heard the hotels aren't cheap. Don't put it in a hotel. I gotta put it in a game store. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Uh, main thing is, I got out of college two years ago. Um, so like, I'm still looking for my first true full time out of college career job. Um, and that's been a lot of my focus. I I'm just busting your balls. Yeah. yeah. You guys got a lot of good people down there though. In the Virginia, North, DC, Northern North Carolina area. Yeah, too. And North Tony, Carolina. Tony Tony's Nelson. Doing a lot. He needs to get off his butt though. He needs events. to run an event. Yeah. He just a one day. That's all. I'm well, asking. I came to this event to, 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 to hang out with him, and then he didn't he show up. Shows. I was like, what? A I got a model for him. Drew gave me one to bring up here, and he no shows that. <laughs> and Drew's here. <laughs> what a tacky, tacky. I know. He's the best <laughs> level of bear, though. I will. I'll have to bleep it, but he'll know. No, uh, I don't know. What's your thoughts on the, the event? Have you been to all three Mountaineers? I have. Um, what, what? Just talk about kind of your observation of the growth of the event. The first event had 21 players, so we nearly doubled. Because we're at 39 now, right? Yeah, 39, 40. Um, 
you know, last year there was a huge Midwest contingent. This year is a much bigger Southeast contingent. What is it? What What would you attribute the growth to? Uh, there's a lot of people in Baltimore. Um, like the aristocrats are doing game nights on Mondays. Jake's starting up his own club. We're doing like game though. Really? Come on. <sighs> you know, just, a lot of people hate on him, but I can't. Uh, I, he's a positive <laughs> influence on the on, on the game. He Somebody's got to counteract Larry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have, you have, you have, you have. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot, a lot more club activity, a lot more like weekend play. So we're getting newer players in, and you know, me, Jesse, Ray. Um, there's probably other people I'm not even naming. A lot of us do out of region events. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things is if you come to our events, we'll go to your events. Well, you guys travel a lot. And right. so you, it's sort of like marketing, right? You're out there touting yeah. the events and stuff. Yeah, I think like, part of it too, though, you guys, this is your premier event. This and is a big and one. you guys have run a good event for the last two years. And so it does have some prestige right. that pulls in people. I mean, that's not And if you're out of region but. going to Mountaineer, you're going to win. Nobody's ever won Mountaineer that was in region. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's not going to be me. George was southeast at the time. I see. You're welcome. <laughs> so you having a good time this weekend so far? Yeah, it's great. The only thing is, uh, I brought like 30 beers and I'm down to four already. And it's it's not even started Saturday, so I'm about to probably kill whatever Alex brought. On the topic of army consolidation, it's something that kind of pops up. People are, are afraid that like. Uh, the Brotherhood's going to go away, or Rorty is going to get mixed in with Kingdoms of Men and stuff. Um, I think that's a great idea because it does two things. Number one, it reduces the number of armies. There's less external balance they need to make between armies. Which makes the game, yeah, less variables is always a good thing. Exactly. And two, what it can do is, um, instead of there being more, slightly less flav- flavorful factions, there are fewer where you get options. So um, we've already had this uh, sort of thing with the historical book. And if you haven't looked at it, basically there's a master list that has like a bunch of units. But then you can say, okay, cool, I'm going to play barbarians. Or I'm going to play Romans. And those lists get unique units. So, for example, you could maybe blend elves and Twilight King, and then, or whatever. And they, there, there's no well, difference. Elves and Twilight King could. Work. I mean, I mean, I realize well, they're evil and good, but they're elves. But, but, but here's, they're what, elves. but here's what you do: you blend them all together, and then you say, okay, cool. I'm going to use the elf list, and then these are the elf units you get. I'm going to use the Twilight King list. So maybe, and, and, and maybe you don't get in maybe you don't get right. four shamblers anymore, but you get night soccer fiends and boy lurkers and stuff. Um, and your dragon gets lightning bolt, and you become evil. Right. Um, right. And then maybe there's ice kin. Cool. Now you have ice elementals, and you have this other thing. Um, I don't know. That's a good. Now idea. one thing it doesn't have to necessarily do with army consolidation, but it comes to magic users in the game. I've noticed in a couple of the magic users they've come up with, like for example, the Abyssal Warlock, comes with no spells stock. I like that. You know. What do we think about that? Because, I mean, I like it, too, because it's like... You don't, you're, I, not, you're never going to pay for the spell you don't need. I used a Fireball 8 for my uh, Vaseline War Wizard today. I didn't know what, how much Fireball he had. I just knew I had it. I'm like, uh... I had to look at my sheet. I'm like, what? What? what how much Fireball do I have? I, I've been using Blizzard the entire time. I'd never actually gotten around to using it. Because 90% of the time, I never use that spell. You know, there's plenty of spells that, you know, we're like, oh, I'm going to get this so I can buy access to Bane Chan or I'll buy Martyr's Prayer with that, but I'm never going to use that other spell, you know, so do we think, what do we think about for maybe a third edition, though, just doing that with you mean all just, the casters? Or even or? just units, like you're not paying for rules or you're, you're, you're buying options separately. Right. I know Alex Chavez mentioned that earlier. Yeah. 
I think I like it with the spellcaster. Spellcasters come with nothing, and you just add spells. I think if you get to the units, and it's just like, all right, here's your dwarf. It's a lot of min maxing because then there's gonna be there's gonna be like, well, if you take this and math it out with that, because this makes so and so more efficient. Like, that's too much. Um, yeah. But like, there's only so many casters in, a, in an army list, right? So. Exactly. I think for casters, that's perfect. Because right. number one, the reason we didn't, the, the reason stone priests don't make it into any list unless you have rocks is because they have they come with surge, and that their surge is eight. So they're paying, you know, probably they're paying 30, for surge eight. They're probably paying thirty points for surge eight, which is fine if you're taking rocks. But like pre-fire uh, flame priest. If you didn't have rocks, it was like, well, you're not having a caster. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And then, and then, as a result, people didn't take infantry. And so now with the flame priest, I think you can do more stuff. And even so, he has fireball six. Which who the fuck is using fireball six? He's casting weakness and bane chant. Well, can't you upgrade that one? You can. I think you can make it ten, which is yeah. cool. Um, that option to be able to upgrade it. That's exactly. I, I think more more options like that, or or don't give people. Does the druid have heal two? I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've cast heal two from my druid. Don't give her heal two. Make her sixty points, and she doesn't have heal two. That's fine. Right. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But then she's. Oh, you know what? I think they said that you have to have access. Well, the warlock doesn't. The warlock doesn't have any spells, but you can buy them. Again, but, but he's he's coming out of Clash of Kings nineteen, so that's like a new exactly in a different direction. So. Maybe that's an indication of where they're gonna go. I hope they do go that way. So I would really like to be able to like not waste points on a spell I'm never gonna cast. Exactly. So like if you wanted winged unicorns to be mobile caster platforms that don't have heal seven, you could be like, sweet, this is my blizzard unicorn and this is my this one. Or you know, why am I paying for heal three on Nias? <laughs> Nias Celestis with his heal three, which I've actually casted once this this week. You did it uh, on our game, I think. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah. I didn't even know, like, what is this thing? Um, so that's cool. I don't need it till I use it, and then I'm like, man, that's awesome. Right. Um, okay, so there's that. Uh, going back to the army consolidation stuff, like, are we talking about, like, trying to consolidate armies around, like, a centralized theme? Like, we're talking about elves, or like a or human army, like a or genetic thing. Like, I don't know, that's not the right word, but like. Right. Human, humans, elves, dwarves, dwarves. Well, you could say, for example, you could say uh, the kingdoms of men, and maybe that includes like the sublist of Basilea. And when you take Basilea, you get phoenixes and Elohim, and you take kingdoms of men, and maybe that's the generic list. And then there's Rordia and Brotherhood, or I don't know. Well, for a lot of them, I wish it's like everybody has access to any army special ability with an item. But they should really do it like, so you want to play men, right? Okay, yeah, I do. And I want to be able to buy Iron Resolve. So Basilians, and they can buy, anybody can buy Iron Resolve for 15 points. Like, you don't have to buy Iron Resolve. You don't want to. But it's one of those deals like, I don't want my chaff to have Iron Resolve. That's dumb. I, I like that, but I also like how simple the game is to make armies. There's not a lot of like, well, I'm going to take this all apart. But, but yeah. that's the thing. But that's, it, it, it adds a lot without overcomplicating things. Because especially with the way the army army builder looks, it's easy. And we're all, I mean, we, let's be honest, folks, we've already gotten to that. How many how many different now spellcasters, like, I'm going to swap fireball for lightning bolt, and that's free. And it, like, it's already there. It's not like we're, we're treading new ground. That's just, it needs to be opened up to more people doing more stuff. Right. That's a good idea. Um, but, like, what other armies could we think about? Because, like, I've been thinking lately, I mean, because the herd was kind of one of my first loves, but, like, I mean, the herd and forces of nature really could be consolidated into one. <laughs> yeah. You know? or, or can't salamanders? There's a lot of salamanders. Salamanders and forces of nature. Right. 
I, so, I, I mean, I, I'm sure Mantic would love to have, again, for the rules committee, they have less armies to have to deal with, but it's a matter of, like, making it make sense thematically. Like, how do you make it in the lore that you could just, like, okay, we're just going to bind these two armies. Well, and, and also, if, you, if you're consolidating, but you're still keeping those themed lists like the historical book, you're not really changing it that much. Yeah. You're still, you're still got a lot of variables at that point. Well, right. even with, like, herd, nature is, is essentially four armies at one. Nature is Trident Realms, Salamanders, herd, and then we don't really have an air faction. But, so already, like, you could add... You could say that the herd is the earth elemental guy. So they. So whenever, no, you don't. You you're a herd player. How much would it help that army in general if they had access, say, to earth elementals? Right. So and, like, so like the herd for me, they're they're nature's hammer. Yeah. Like, nature wants to balance stuff. Sometimes nature just needs to knock it over. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like a flood or a hurricane. Sometimes the guardian brutes. Yeah. Stampede. Sometimes nature just needs to knock over until it falls over. Stampede. I mean, they're rolling, they're rolling stones, for lack of a better term. They're, they're, right. They are the avalanche. Right. There, there's your earth. So they can do, you can play nature and you get access to a little bit of everything, or you really want to specialize, you're going to go with herd. Well, man, I really like, I, you know, I really want to do, like, a water theme. Welcome to Trident Realms. Right. Well, I really want to do fire. Okay, here's where salamanders come in. You always play nature, but I really want to do fire. And then air, maybe they don't have one yet. Maybe, or maybe that's what Northern Alliance can be. Like, this is the, the air for like heart. Heart. And, and then you have heart, which is the Basileans, and they love you so much that they, they want to kill you to save you. Right. You know? <laughs> but Your thoughts are heretical. You need to die. You know, they branch off from there, you know, with ogres. The ogres are ogres. Ogres do their thing. Cool. You know, and they have some goblin, and, and I would say take away earth elementals from dwarves because they're more, you know, if you think about it, and really with Mantica, the nature is the center of it all. They are the truest neutral of things. Well, I mean, you really think, the way I view the way they've set up the lore, it's really nature versus the abyss. I mean, that's yeah. really kind of... And even then, with, you, you think know. abyss, regular dwarves are earth, abyssal dwarves are fire, they're the evil fire. Good fire is obviously the the salamanders, and they, I mean, they're they could really go this whole balancing act, and then you have some some true just true like oh to me I view ogres in the flop as true neutral. They give no <laughs> who they fight for. Pay me the money. Pay, yeah, show me the they, money. They are they they are essentially as far as nature as possible because they are pretty much like human emotion, like greed. We want the money. Right. You know. I mean, there, there's a lot of crazy stuff they do, especially with army consolidation. Like elves, why? Just give me an elf list, and we'll go back to the fluff because they talk about the sand elves, where the empire they're in the empire of dust, essentially in the desert. Right. Well, I mean, like the it's like clans and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've talked about already. You know, we've got undead, we've got uh, empire dust, but they've also talked about the Ophidians. Yeah. yeah. So that could be your good almost. The, 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 the problem I see is though is they keep hinting on these other armies. Right. So on the on the Northern Alliance, Ophidians, Ophidians they want to make those lists, but yet they've already got twenty one. So right. I think that's really the reason why they well, got they the do consolidation. Right. They really could do a lot. I think even model wise, which say you have worm riders and Empire dust. Well, you could also have say the sand elves that have worm riders, which same stats and everything, but one's undead and like say these worm riders shamble, but the elves don't. Well, maybe it's just, you have different army special rules or something than that. Because you know, yeah. they could buy. I mean, and then you have the elves of Twilight Kin, which they talk about they're more connected to Night Stalker. So Twilight Kin do not get access to these units, but they get access to these. But why Why are crossbowmen? Why do we have crossbowmen? There, there's elf archers. How you want to model them, sure. But Twilight Kin archers are no different than elf archers. Like, 
and now we'll clean up the chair. Why do Twilight King suddenly get two more shots in the chair? It's an elf chair. What? what? They're evil. That, they got extra spikes. Because that list is from 2015. Right. You know? <laughs> so it's like things like that that they could clean up. And then with the consolidation, it still gives people flavor. They I got like a they topic. Got the I got a topic. Are you ready? Yeah, and just like a final note, shout out, I got a message from uh, Patrick Cunningham, who was just uh, messaging just to say that he's been enjoying the show. You know, it always makes us feel good when you guys send us messages on Facebook or our emails or whatever, or just just touch base with us about things that you like about the show or sort of episodes that you enjoy or stuff that you like or don't like. You know, thanks again to um, Steve Hildrew for being our man in the UK. Definitely check out uh, his YouTube channel for his battle reports. He had a great one, Rob, with Dan King the other day, which was a really good battle. So definitely check that out. We've got a bunch of stuff lined up. I know uh, a lot of you guys have been listening to Rob has done um, a great couple of army reviews. Um, we have uh, a Basilean army list slash third edition brainstorm roundtable session recording soon. We also have an After Dark coming up that we're going to be recording with uh, Jake Hutton from Unplugged Radio, and we're going to be doing a deep dive into paint lines. I know we're really excited to talk about that. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different paint lines that Rob, Jake, Mark, and myself have had personal experience with, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of giving you our thoughts. You know, paint's always like a hot button Hot button topic, event-wise, Riddle of Steel, and then we have Bay of Kings coming up here in September. And I think I, I was counting it, Rob. I think we have people from six states wow. coming That's in. Awesome! I'm That's shocked. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. We have people all up and down uh, the West Coast. We have the Prophet of Peace of Jesus himself is coming. Ben Stoddard is coming down. We have a bunch of Texas guys, Portland guys, Seattle guys, SoCal guys. So it should be a very, very, very fun um, event. And it looks like, too, um, on the After Dark, we sort of were trying to get the Discord channel going. But for whatever reason, people don't like Discord. And it looks like that maybe Google Hangouts is not going away now. Yeah, so they've actually been kind of – it looks like maybe it's getting rebranded. So I know Billy has been hosting Google Hangout after dark sessions the last week or so. Hmm. I haven't had a chance to get on there myself. I personally like Discord, but I know for whatever reason, you know, the thing with after dark, really, Rob, I think what it is, is the kind of the core people who were doing it every time was myself, Rashad and Kevin Von Felt were probably the three and then some Ryan Smith. Uh, and a couple other people were, were the regulars. And I know that I've been so busy. And then Kevin Von Felt has kind of taken a break. So I just think that you lose one or two of those people who are on After Dark every single night. It just sort of lost a little bit of steam. But I, just, I don't think that's a permanent thing. I think that's what happens in hobbying, right? Every now and then you just have a couple months where you just don't quite do as much when real life comes in we still have the chat going and it's still a, a, a facebook page and it's still a, a good community and it's definitely something that i know will uh, as all things is cyclical and will pick back up again so i don't have a, i don't have any fears that it's going to go away awesome well awesome guys uh thanks for listening and remember keep counter charging and we'll see you next time on counter charge Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, 
If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Um, and I hadn't seen, I haven't seen the SoCal guys in a while. I haven't seen Rashad had an Achilles tendon injury, which stopped him from flying. Yeah, I thought it was Turkish, not Greek. Yeah, bad joke. So I'll take Achilles. Oh, I get yeah, it. Okay, I get so it. I, I guess I that one just the, the good the good ones fly right <laughs> over. But whatever, <laughs> uh, you know. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting like uh, the cultural milieu of like some joke from from Rob. I was like, what the what the hell are you talking? This will have about? to be an outtake because it went right over I your head. It. I was like, oh, okay, it did. But, uh, and then I, I thought, well, maybe like, the joke just wasn't funny. Which no, it's very funny. I get it because <laughs> I I get it. Oh, goodness. Yeah, supposedly, you know, he was dipped in the river sticks by his ankle, Achilles was, and that the only part that didn't get dipped all the way was his heel, so that's why that's vulnerable. Right, right, right. Um, anyway, so... Uh,